You're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. After waiting for... uh, 40 years during this immigration disaster that has befallen the United States, the president has finally uh, issued a moratorium on immigration, all immigration, legal, illegal work visas. He tweeted out in light of the attack from the invisible enemy, as well as the need to protect jobs of our great American citizens. I will be signing an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration into the United States. Oh my God. The left wing is absolutely melting down. He's he's threatening their uh, their future base. Uh, of course, the Democrats uh, have been all in on open borders for nearly forty years now. Uh, at at times early on, they were paying lip service to trying to secure the borders, but when it actually came down to doing it, it was a shell game. They would authorize the construction of a, a, a border fence. And then they would refuse to fund it. And, of course, uh, they would have their left-wing nonprofits run to court uh, in in uh, these liberal districts like the Ninth Circuit to block any attempt at stemming the flow of immigration. And now the New York Times is, uh, is absolutely melting down over this. Um, they say under such an executive order, the Trump administration would no longer approve any applications from foreigners to live in the United States for an undetermined period of time, effectively shutting down the legal immigration system in the same way the president has long advocated closing the borders to illegal immigrations. Workers who have for years received visas to perform specialized jobs in the United States would also be denied permission to arrive, though some workers in some industries deem critical could be exempted from the ban. So, I mean, this has been a long time coming and the president is perfectly within his rights. They will immediately run to court. (laughs) Uh, Sadly for them, the ninth circuit uh, out in San Francisco is no longer controlled by uh, leftists and they're getting uh, fewer and fewer uh, positive orders out of that court. But uh, this this issue, this principle, has already been challenged uh, with the so-called Muslim ban that the president initiated from countries that were hotbeds of terrorism. That was overturned by the Ninth Circuit. And uh, after a, about a year and a half percolated up to the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court s- sided with the president, his authority to limit immigration is... Uh, is without question. It's it's very clearly stated in in the statutes. I think it's uh, Title Eight, 
Section 2, subparagraph S, says suspension of entry or imposition of restrictions by the president. Whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may, by proclamation, he may proclaim it. And for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem appropriate. Whenever the Attorney General finds that a commercial airline has failed to comply with the regulations of the Attorney General relating to the requirements for the detection of fraudulent documents, well, it goes on and on. But man, this is a this is a day that immigration patriots have been waiting for for a very long time, going all the way back uh, to Pat Buchanan when he sounded the alarm on the demographic transformation that the 1965 uh, immigration bill um, that was sponsored by Ted Kennedy unleashed on this country. So which clips should I play? I'll play this first one from Peter Bremelow. He is the founder of uh, VDare.com and author of Alien Nation, which was a 1988 book that predicted exactly where we would be if nothing was done. He is appearing um, on... uh, Oh, God, what was that guy's name? Uh, I'll think of it uh, during the clip, but but here it is. Immigration, both legal and illegal, is ruining the United States. That's the blatant claim being made by the author of a new book called Alien Nation. Author Peter Brimlow writes that immigrants from the so-called third world bring disease, poverty, and crime. He frets that non-whites will outnumber the white majority by the year 2050 if the immigration door isn't closed. Mr. Brian, good morning. Hello, Brian. Thank you for being with us. Great to be here. These, um, these immigration fears, racial concerns that you voice have been voiced before, they've been argued before. What brought the book on? Uh, you know, immigration is transforming the U.S. That's universally agreed by all experts. I don't know that it's going to ruin it, but it is, does represent a great historic gamble, which, of course, the people who triggered it at the time of the 1965 Immigration Act explicitly said wasn't going to happen. And, of course, it's fantastically unpopular. I mean, there's never been more than 13% of Americans in favor of increasing immigration for more than 40 years, one 3%, and yet during that time it's quintupled. Why do you say it represents a gamble? Because we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's never been a demographic transformation like this in the history of the world Uh, and uh, it also serves no economic purpose that's one of the things I bring out in Alien Nation there is no uh, no economist believes that immigration is necessary for American economic growth should we necessarily be afraid of of an America that is more ethnically diversified as as time goes on that is increasingly diversified I think it's an issue that should be put to the American people is the question Uh, if the diversification was taking place because of uh, because of Americans differential birth rates that's one thing, but to actually import people systematically uh, strikes me as a very odd thing to do. Basically, the government is dissolving the people and electing a new one. It's, it's uh, like the famous poem by Bertolt Brecht. Are you suggesting we just close the door on people? That we now turn away people who have long, for centuries, looked at this as a bastion of freedom oh, and Brian, a place I for th- a new I, opportunity? I think the doors are going to be closed as they were in the 1920s. It's just a matter of time because I think people are fed up with, with immigration. I mean, you see, Americans are stabilizing their populations, about 250 million. But because of immigration, it's going to go up to 390 million by 2050 if, if nothing's done. And I think something will be done. Well, he was right uh, that the the doors were eventually would eventually close, but uh, we had to wait 32 years from that point when Peter Brimelow sounded the alarm in Alien Nation in order to to get to this point. 
And uh, the president says in his tweet that this is going to be a temporary ban. He most certainly needs to uh, uh, keep it in place through the election and uh, and let the American people finally have a say on this. Make it a referendum on whether Americans support these unprecedented levels of immigration. Peter Brimelow says in that clip that there's no economic argument for it. Well, uh, that's true. There's no economic argument to be made for the well-being of the American economy. But if you're the Chamber of Commerce that's got an unquenchable supply or a, an unquenchable thirst for low-wage immigration, then uh, there most certainly is an economic argument. They want to displace American workers. They want to flood the labor markets to drive down wages. And at the same time, uh, you know, we had this globalism come up come along where uh, they were exporting the best jobs that were here to low-wage third-world countries while at the same time flooding the American market for the, uh, for the, for the jobs that were left uh, with immigration. Nearly 8 in 10 Americans support a moratorium on immigration. This is a wildly popular uh, program. Uh, the president will, will benefit uh, greatly from finally instituting this. And uh, it's right in line with an America First agenda. You know, Pat Buchanan was, uh, was the founder of the modern America First movement. He was calling for this and uh, death of a uh, superpower uh, back shortly after Peter, Peter Bremelow's book. And, uh, and the person that was the most um, uh, effective and the loudest voice uh, for this America First movement before Donald Trump arrived on the scene was former Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions. And uh, Jeff Sessions screwed up when he became attorney general by recusing himself from the Russiagate hoax investigation. And the president, you know, beat up on him for about two years. And now uh, Jeff Sessions has uh, returned to Alabama and is running to uh, uh, to regain his former Senate seat. He's in a runoff election coming up against a former Auburn University football coach, uh, uh, I've got these, this Joe Biden complex coming on. I can't remember names today, but, um, but this guy that, um, that Jeff Sessions is running against is a, a tool of the chamber of commerce. He's getting his campaign contributions from people who support open borders because they know if Jeff Sessions gets back in there, he will be a force for restricting immigration, very similar to what he was to begin with. And I think, you know, now that Jeff Sessions is uh, is out of the uh, Department of Justice and re- has returned to Alabama, and in light of the fact that he was the first senator to support Donald Trump's election in 2016, the president is really uh, just shaming himself by continuing to attack Jeff Sessions uh, and try to install one of these uh, these Chamber of Commerce rhinos that. Uh, that the big donors are putting up against Jeff Sessions. So, uh, you know, just to follow up on that, I'm going to play a clip now from Jeff Sessions. Um, This is back from April 16th, just a few days ago, when Jeff Sessions was calling calling for this moratorium. 
One thing I've announced today, um, Emma, is that uh, uh, we should end immigration programs that bring in new workers to the United States uh, at this time of crisis. We just added another 5 million unemployed. Uh, Every single job that is available that does get created needs to go to an unemployed American, not some foreign worker that's brought in to take a job. So this is a fundamental matter. Uh, We need to end uh, this abuse. It needs to stop soon, and Congress may need to get involved in that, too. Now, I'll I'll be the first to admit, Jeff Sessions screwed up big time as attorney general. He he took the word of the ethics office that was shot through with Obama appointees that wanted him out of the way so that they could tee off on the president. And uh, Jeff Sessions uh, should have ignored that uh, that obviously politically biased advice and uh, and stayed on the job. He was a a bad attorney general, but he was a fabulous, a fabulous senator. He was a voice in the wilderness calling for restricting immigration and and, and enacting an immigration moratorium and and many of these other uh, America first ideas that Donald Trump rode into the White House. And as a matter of fact, Stephen Miller, who is the ideological heartbeat of the Trump administration, came from Jeff Sessions' office. So I'm, I'm so glad to finally see a, uh, a moratorium on immigration. And uh, I hope the president, uh, after taking all the slings and arrows that he will inevitably take from the left wing, will, uh, will make this permanent, at least during the four years of his second administration, so that we can start to assimilate some of this unprecedented amount of immigration that we've absorbed uh, for the last 40 years. Eight and ten Americans, as I say, support this moratorium. And if uh, if Joe Biden wants to make this an election issue, <laughs> you go for it, buddy. Eighty percent of Americans are behind an immigration moratorium. If he wants to, if Joe Biden wants to be the the one during a presidential election calling for uh, open borders and more immigration at a at a point where we've got twenty two million Americans looking for work. I'd say let them have that uh, that position. Hey, we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241-800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. Well, the Democrats and the talking heads in the mainstream media determined to uh, to uh, try to take Trump off the air. Katie Couric tweeted out yesterday that it is irresponsible 
for uh, the networks to be carrying these uh, daily coronavirus press conferences live. And, uh, and they say it's because of misinformation. That's not the case. Uh, the case is it's too much information for the Democrats. If this continues, it will almost surely uh, lead to Donald Trump's reelection because he can be seen as a, an effective, powerful, uh, forceful executive that's organizing a, uh, a response to this crisis as it has been articulated uh, to the president. Uh, but you, you've got uh, you've got articles in the New York Times and the Washington Post. You've got uh, Crazy Morning Joe and Miko over there demanding, demanding that um, that Donald Trump be taken off the air. If they really thought uh, that Donald Trump was ineffective, ineffective and that uh, he was incompetent, they wouldn't be arguing for him to be taken off the air. They would want him to stay on the air because it would work to their political favor. You've even got uh, Simone Sanders, Joe Biden's, um, I think she's his campaign chair. He brought her on uh, to, to try to silence her because she was over on CNN just hammering him. So he, uh, he hired her, probably gave her a big salary to come on board. But Simone Sanders, she's the one that uh, sort of looks like a Neanderthal, uh, says Donald Trump needs to shut up. <laughs> They're arguing that the president of the United States during a time of national emergency needs to sit down and shut up and that they, if he, if he doesn't, that uh, they need to take him off the air, but you're the fascist. Just remember that according to them, you're the fascist. And yesterday's press briefing was an absolute tour de force as the president uh, got up there and put the lie to the, the notion that the, uh, that the administration hadn't been, facilitating um, adequate testing. You got a lot of these Democrat governors out there saying, oh, we, we don't have enough testing. We don't have enough testing. Well, the president strode to the podium yesterday and, uh, and showed a printout that he had sent to all the governors showing uh, 5,000 locations nationwide within these states where these governors can, uh, can uh, have these tests run. So, you know what the governors are doing, and I guess this is just what politicians do: is try to pass the buck. They're trying to say that uh, you know we don't have adequate testing because it's the federal government's fault. It's not the federal government's fault. The federal government is is doing their job. They've stood up these five thousand labs nationwide, but the the governors and the uh, mayors and the county commissioners are the ones that are going to be responsible for and the hospital uh, uh, systems going to be the ones responsible for taking these tests and delivering to the lab. That's how things should work. We don't need the federal government on the ground nationwide. First, they don't have the resources. Second, they don't have the expertise. But these uh, these daily briefing, briefings are really putting a lie to the charge that the president is incompetent. And yesterday, the president had the, uh, the head of the Army Corps of Engineers. His name is General Seminite. And uh, he came and gave a presentation on uh, the uh, the Corps' efforts to uh, build hospital capacity nationwide. 
We had to do a bunch of assessments. So somewhere in the order of over 1,100 different locations we went to, and we worked for FEMA, we worked for the president, and we worked for governors and mayors. And we said, what do you think your demand is going to be? And based on a lot of the modeling that's been in this room here, we were able to understand when the peak curve was, but we also be, were able to understand where's the bed shortage. So then these 1,100 facilities right now today, sir, we're actually executing 32 different facilities. That's on the order of merit of about 16,000 beds. Eight of those are all done. We've still got a lot more to complete. And in the next week and a half, we're going to complete about 15 more facilities. We've got... You know, it, 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 you, you can see if you watch these things why they want him taken off the air. Trump is in his element. He's working around the clock. Every day he comes out and gives a, a one-and-a-half to two-hour briefing, answers all of the, the uh, left-wing media's questions, uh, usually put, you know, gives it right back to them. Uh, and then he goes back to work. And, uh, and he is coordinating a massive effort. And you could just imagine if, uh, if low-energy befuddled Mr. Magoo Joe Biden was up there trying to lead this, what the contrast would be. So at some point, uh, you know, I think the Democrats are going to have to recognize the fact when I say the Democrats, I mean the Democrat voters that uh, their party has nominated somebody that is really not up to this task or any of the others that our president is responsible for. And they're going to have to admit that no matter how, you know, uh, unsavory and they may consider the president's um uh personal uh, you know combativeness that if they want to get this country stood back up if they want to get back to work if they want to you know see their retirement funds and everything restored after this uh, this crisis that uh the choice is a what they call a binary one they like to use that term binary and you've got the choice between an executive that, uh, you know, came up building huge, sprawling real estate projects, dealing with uh, uh, labor organizations, dealing with government regulations, knows how to cut through this stuff and has the energy and the, really the manic energy uh, to to uh, to carry this country forward. And then you're going to have Joe Biden, you know, I'm not going to play any any clips of Joe Biden uh uh, fumbling and mumbling today because, uh, you know, it's, I will at some point, but we're going to, we're going to give him a break today. But, uh, you know, there's a, uh, I, th- I think Trump is going to win independence. He's, he's already got 96% approval rating among Republicans. I think he'll, he'll take a, um, more than half of the independence. And I think he'll, he'll get all of these, um, these working class Democrats in the upper Midwest, that saw how effective he was uh, in the first three years of his administration and give him a chance to do that again. Joe Biden is out with an attack ad claiming that Donald Trump has been too easy on the Chinese. <laughs> Good luck with that, Joe. It's an it's a, a minute and 45 second ad, which tells you that uh, it is not made for TV because Joe Biden doesn't have uh, the the funds to to put on that kind of ad, uh, it'll be left to the mainstream media and the uh, social media to try to carry this ad forward. But it accuses Trump of being soft on the Chinese because it it's got quotes of Donald Trump saying, you know, uh, 
President G is my friend. We have an excellent relationship, all of that kind of stuff. It's pretty transparent that uh, the president understands in order to have dialogue, uh, you can't attack uh, your negotiating partner. But the uh, Trump has been the first one since the, uh, the idiots in Washington, D.C. welcomed China into the World Trade Organization to try to correct this uh, disastrous offshoring of American jobs and theft of intellectual property and really trying to um, replace America as the dominant force in the world economy. And they're challenging us militarily as well. We're going to play those clips when we come back from the break. We're also going <laughs> to we're going to let you see how a proper political ad is done. The Trump campaign is out with an ad slamming the Democrats led by Nancy Pelosi. The ad is entitled, Let Them Eat Ice Cream. And then we'll talk about uh, these southern governors that are getting ready to reopen their states. And we'll talk about this, uh, this dramatic and curious development uh, with the price of oil. Right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So I'm going to play this Joe Biden attack ad, and then we'll, uh, we'll take it apart and show the fallacies and dishonesties. He failed to act. So now Trump and his allies are launching negative attacks against Joe Biden to hide the truth. Here are the facts. Joe Biden warned the nation in January that Trump had left us unprepared for a pandemic. Then Biden told Trump he should insist on having American health experts on the ground in China. I would be on the phone with China and making it clear we are going to need to be in your country. That happened. They, uh, they demanded that the CDC be allowed to test that, uh, that wet market in that lab in Wuhan. It was denied. The Chinese were still in cover-up mode. You have to be open. You have to be clear. We have to know what's going on. But Trump rolled over for the Chinese. Maybe if Joe Biden yells at G, uh, that he'll change his mind. 
Chinese. He took their word for it. The president tweeted, China has been working very hard to contain the coronavirus. The United States greatly appreciates their efforts and transparency. China, I spoke with President Xi, and they're working very, very hard, and I think it's going to all work out fine. Well, this was back in early February when uh, when the World Health Organization was still telling Americans, health experts, that the uh, the virus wasn't transmissible human to human, and that uh, that China was doing a good job. So the pre- you know they constantly beat the drum. The president needs to listen to the experts. The tre- president needs to listen to the experts. Well, he was listening to the experts, and that's how he uh, underestimated the duplicity. And uh, an evil intent of the Chinese communists. Trump praised the Chinese 15 times in January and February as the coronavirus spread across the world. It's a tough situation. I think they're doing a very good job. Are you concerned about the impact on the global economy? I think that China will do a very good job. Trump never got a CDC team on the ground in China. <laughs> well, sort of invading them. If they kick the CDC representatives out, as they have um, American media outlets, then uh, then you can't get the teams in there. And Joe Biden wouldn't have been any more successful. As a matter of fact, they'd have told Joe Biden to sit down and shut up or they would uh, spill the beans on their uh, their bribing of him while he was vice president by by giving one point five billion dollars to his son. And the travel ban he brags about, Trump let in 40,000 travelers from China into America. That is one of the uh, the biggest uh, deceptions, cynical deceptions that the Democrats could possibly engage in. They, You know, the president says that, uh, well, I did close travel as soon as I learned that this uh, this virus was spreading and that it was transmissible human to human. And now their response is, oh, you never shut down travel. You let 40,000 people uh, return to the United States from China. What they're basically arguing is the president should not have allowed American citizens back into the country from China. Yeah, uh, travel continued from China and from Europe later on. Those were Americans returning home. They were screened. They were quarantined. And uh, and to have them argue that you never closed or implemented a travel ban from China or Europe because you let American citizens in. If, they, if that's the case they want to take into November, let them have that. CDC team on the ground in China. And the travel ban he brags about? Trump let in 40,000 travelers from China into America after he signed it. Not exactly airtight. Look around. 22 million Americans are out of work. And we have more officially reported cases and deaths than any other country. We have more officially reported cases because the vaunted testing that they keep beating the drum about. The United States has conducted uh, more tests than all the other nations combined. So, yeah, we have more cases diagnosed because we have done a better job in diagnosing. Now, I would I would say that the, the tests weren't really that critical. What they should have done is uh, done sample testing, find out how widespread this was, calculate the mortality rate, determine the vulnerable populations, lock them indoors and uh, and get back to work. But, uh, you know, they were demanding that the president listen to the the experts. And so he he allowed himself to be buffaloed by uh, Dr. Fauci with this two point two million dollar death or this two point two million death number. Here's the rest of this ad. 
Donald Trump left this country unprepared and unprotected for the worst public health and economic crisis in our lifetime. And now we're paying the price. All the negative ads in the world can't change the truth. Well, you know, I guess if you're uh, if you're a, a Democrat that uh, is looking for something to feed your biases or you you are uh, uninformed about what really happened, that that would be an effective ad. I don't know where he's going to, to be able to buy a minute and 45 of airtime to run those ads. He's uh, he's pretty much broke. But we see in Washington the you know the real obstruction to uh, to addressing the economic fallout from this is being led by the Democrats who are every time one of these relief packages come up they hold it up with uh, for an opportunity to insert pork for all of their uh, left wing special interest donors and the president took the opportunity that Nancy Pelosi presented by doing her Marie Antoinette moment standing in front of her $24,000 sub-zero refrigerators munching on gourmet ice cream to produce this ad that is absolutely skewering Nancy Pelosi that she um, opened the door for. We turn now to that $350 billion fund to help small businesses and its workers get through the shutdown. It will be up to Congress to restock it. But Democrats blocking that move this morning. They asked for a quarter of a trillion dollars in 48 hours. I said, well, I don't, I don't think so. I don't they think so. It and I congratulate the Senate Democrats. Speaker Pelosi, what are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate candy. Thousands have been forced to wait for hours at food banks all across the country. This is... Oh, my chocolate. And then we have some other chocolate here. We just got to restock the ice cream. You don't want to eat up everything all at one time. I can't do it much longer. I'm trying so hard. Do we say enjoying having to admit that? Yeah, we're starving. And And I like it better than anything else. Taping this segment, there are 22 million people out. This specific program (laughs) is about stopping job losses today. This is hurting people bad. Other people in our family go for some other flavors, but. Right now, it's survival mode. You don't know where that next something else is going to come from. I don't know what I would have done if ice cream were not invented. You know, (laughs) tell me again how Nancy Pelosi is this this political genius, this master tactician. If you're so tone deaf, if you're so lacking in situational awareness that you allow yourself to be filmed – and your San Francisco mansion, when you should be in Washington, D.C. working, sitting in front of $24,000 sub-zeros showing off your collection of gourmet ice cream, then you got to be uh, so unaware of the pain that the American people are suffering or so arrogant. Can you imagine the arrogance? So she's she's now got her uh, Marie Antoinette. They're calling her Nancy Antoinette. And the president is hammering on her. I'll bet you that Nancy Pelosi, as a result of this ad, beats the path back to Washington, D.C. and uh, and uh, gets a deal done on this reauthorization of the, the Small Business Relief Act, the so-called Paycheck Protection Program. Dega McDowell was on the five yesterday and she was on fire. 
Dagan, um, let me go to you first on this because I wanted to point out that it is likely that whatever they pass is going to look almost identical to what they had proposed two weeks ago. So this money didn't actually have to run out. It was They were just playing politics with it, and now you have small business owners who have applied, and they can't get their money, and every day they're thinking they're going to have to lay off, or they're going to lay off people, or they're going to have to lose their business. These are people, these are family businesses that are flat on their backs. And these people don't know how they're going to stay open because the Democrats were playing politics with a reload and a refresh and a refill of this small business paycheck protection program. Seven days before that program ran out of money, Mitch McConnell put in front of the Democrats a 25-line bill just for the money. And what did they do? They dragged their feet. So every time any one of these Democrats ever says small businesses and they're going to tell you how important they are to the fabric of America, those two words should be preceded with go to hell, small businesses, because that's what you did. And now they're trying to turn it on the, the Republicans. The Democrats are talking about why did the blue states not get as many loans? filled as some of the red states did. You know why? Because that's where the big banks were and they deserve a lot of the blame as well because Wells Fargo made what about $120 million in loans out of a $350 billion program. Those big banks, Bank of America and J.P. Morgan, they slow walked these loans for the first 10 days of the program when they should have been stepping up like the community banks. They're ashamed to go around and I've got a steaming pile of horse manure they can all jump in. <laughs> well, tell us how you really think, Dagan. Oh, my God. You know, I just don't understand how the Democrats continue to be reelected. Well, I, I say that. I do understand because they have absolutely no principles. They will promise uh, whatever it takes. They will promise free um, uh, health care, free education, guaranteed government job at $15 an hour, whatever it takes, open borders, you know, whatever it takes, they'll sell out. And they've, uh, they've built up a, uh, a, a population in this country that would rather sit on the couch and collect a government check. And if you want to know what's really behind this, this is, uh, this is the Democrats trying to crack open this small business relief package in order to bail out state and local governments that have been financially irresponsible. And by, by and large, those state and local governments that have been financially irresponsible are, are Democrat strongholds like the state of Illinois who have, um, who have asked for a, a bailout of their pension systems in this, uh, in this small business relief package. The state of Illinois has been, along with uh, New Jersey, maybe the most irresponsible governments with regard to public employee pensions. They have, first of all, they've, uh, they've made them overly generous. They've allowed uh, all sorts of hijinks to go on where they allow uh, union officials that are not on the state paper payroll to be part of the, um, a part of the pensions lobbyists, in Illinois, they allowed uh, lobbyists to uh, substitute teach one day a year 
and be eligible for a uh, an Illinois state public teacher retirement plan. And year after year, they have failed to make their required contributions to, to keep these pensions healthy. And now they want to turn around and load up a coronavirus relief package so that people from Florida and Georgia and um, Texas and uh, the Carolinas and Tennessee, people who uh, states that have been responsible about funding their own pensions, they want them to bail out these Democrat bastions that have not adequately funded their retirement plans. I mean, it's really breathtaking, and it's exactly why uh, Nancy Pelosi and the other Democrats are applying pressure on the rest of this uh, on this uh, this paycheck protection, so they can get the rest of the states to fund their financial irresponsibility. Uh, let me uh, let me run out to a break. Uh, I want you to go over to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. That'll take you to My Patriot Supply, where you can get your emergency food supply. The two-week supply is sold out, but you can still get a four-week emergency food supply and save $100, normally $297. You can get it today for $197, and that will include free shipping and handling. This is a uh, a four-week food supply that comes in a big um, plastic bucket, easily storable. It's got two, a total of 284 servings with 2,000 calories a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks, 12 food varieties with a 25-year shelf life. Order yours today and save $100 on this limited-time offer, and you'll get free shipping and handling. There's a limit of three per household. The response to this promotion has been overwhelming. They're now sold out of the two-week emergency food supply, so don't, don't miss this opportunity so you can prepare for the next time we have one of these national emergencies. Did you see that uh, that tweet yesterday? Uh, yesterday was apparently a, uh, a, 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 a banner day for leftists uh, to make fools of themselves on Twitter. And Al Sharpton, um, he had to get in on the action. He was responding to one of the other Trump campaign commercials where they had a group of uh, black voters sitting around watching a football game. They go to, they go to, uh, let me see if I can find this clip. They go to a commercial and uh, you've got, it's a meme. It's got, uh, it's got Barack Obama sitting on the couch. It's obviously not him, but uh, he, uh, he's got his head pasted on. Oh, please let me find this clip. Here we go. <laughs> They're watching the football game, and then they uh, they have uh, an ad for Joe Biden come on during the commercial. Oh, no, not another commercial. The kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was trained and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I love kids what? jumping on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all they're all looking at Obama, you know, for endorsing Biden. Uh, Biden's up there saying stupid stuff. But uh, Al Sharpton got off the couch and took to Twitter yesterday, demanding 
that this ad be taken down. He said in the middle of a pandemic, when the nation grieves and mourns the lives of thousands gone too soon. Real Donald Trump continues his dereliction of duty and posts a racist video mocking Joe Biden and former president Barack Obama. And then he goes on to say in this, this, uh, this part of the tweet has been taken down while blacks are dying at disproportionate numbers to be mocked by Donald Trump is pouring salt on open wombs. W O M B S. (laughs) This is intolerable and disgraceful. Pouring salt on open wombs, says the pro-abortion racial huckster from New York City. (laughs) I'm trying to remember the last time he made one of these verbal gaffes on uh, MSNBC. Uh, I can't remember it. I guess what I'll do is I'll just play you a clip of of Al Sharpton in his previous life as a, a racial agitator. Hadn't been that long ago. Now they've got he's got his own show on MSNBC and all of the Democratic candidates run to Al Sharpton to get his endorsement. But this was uh, back about, oh, 18 years ago when he was uh, giving a speech at Keene College in New Jersey. He's uh, he's got uh, Calypso Louis Farrakhan standing behind him when he's uh, encouraging these these radicals that are attending this speech to off the pigs, so-called. I mean, this is a guy that led uh, racial riots in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, that resulted in uh, people getting killed. Everybody knows what he is, but apparently, if he supports the Democrat Party, uh, they'll uh, they'll uh, you know make him give him his own show. <laughs> Speaking of deleted tweets, AOC, uh, the ideological leader of the Democrat Party little Marxist from Bronx that grew up in Westchester County and attended, uh, you know, um, prestigious schools and now fashions herself as one of the people. She deleted a tweet calling for a communist revolution and celebrating uh, the the collapse of oil prices yesterday, saying that uh, she was glad to see it. What exactly did she say? Um... Come on, clip. She says, along with record low interest rates means it is the right time for a worker-led mass investment in green infrastructure to save our planet. That's code words for um, for Marxism. But where she was uh, really on point, and this tweet has been taken down, she says, you absolutely love to see it, talking about the collapse of oil prices. This, along with record low interest rates, means it's the right time for a worker-led mass investment in green energy to save our planet. 
cough. Unbelievable. So across the nation, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people will lose their job as a result of what happened yesterday in the energy markets, where uh, briefly the price of uh, a barrel of oil actually went negative. In other words, they're, uh, they're paying you to take the oil off their hands. You know, we've got oil tankers that are at sea that can't come into port because there's no, no place to offload their cargo. And they're in a desperate uh, hunt for any storage spaces to, uh, to put all this oil. The president has opened up uh, the strategic reserve. They're buying billions and billions or millions and millions of barrels of oil to fill up the strategic reserve, basically, I guess, with free oil. I'm thinking about uh, uh, filling up my swimming pool with the stuff because most certainly this price is going to go up. If they want to give it to me, I'll uh, I'll store it where I can. Maybe I can uh, fill up the pool and put some sort of cover on it. I'm joking, kind of. I'm not based on the record. Uh, I, I don't think that that's necessarily you know <laughs> something I could do, but I might look into it. Here's the president at yesterday's briefing addressing this issue of the uh, the collapse of the price of oil. Based on the record low price of oil that you've been seeing, it's uh, at a level that's very interesting to a lot of people. We're filling up our national petroleum reserves, strategic, you know, the strategic reserves. And we're looking to put as much as 75 million barrels into the reserves themselves that would top it out that would be first time in a long time it's been topped out would get it for the right price Uh, so here's the point in this clip where you get a question from this reporter that um i think it was last week he started to ask the president about the the price of oil the president asked him what the price of oil was Uh, he said he didn't know and the president asked him well how can you ask a question about the price of oil if you don't know what the price of oil is and uh and then he just went on to another reporter he didn't do it in a mean way, but uh, he did it in sort of a you know a father uh, or an executive scolding a junior executive. And uh, the president called on that same guy yesterday. Price uh, U.S. crude futures today went below zero, went into negative territory. Went negative, yeah. Like um, interest rates, they go negative. Does that make you want to see Saudi Arabia and Russia and OPEC Plus do more well, to it's reduce for supply? Much of it has to do with short sellers. Much of it has to do, if you look a month into the future, I think it's at 25 or $28 a barrel. So uh, a lot of people got caught. They got caught, and uh, there are a lot of people that are not too happy because they got caught. So if you take a look at it, you'll see it's more of a financial thing than an oil situation. But uh, because you take, I believe, in a month or so, in other words, go a little bit out, it's at 25 and $28 a barrel. So it's largely a financial squeeze. And they did get squeezed. You know. So it's, uh, it was the short sellers that uh, resulted in this. They, uh, uh, they're going to be subject to huge margin calls, and they're trying to hedge their losses by paying people to take these, um, these oil positions off of their hands. This is actually the point of the clip where he calls on this guy that didn't know the price of oil last week. You know the price of oil right now, don't you? I do. Do you know the, the price do. of oil? I actually do. It's negative $37. Of course, yeah. uh, nobody's ever heard of negative oil before, but it's for a short term. Are you asking for well, that funding? At a minimum, we'll let people deal. store. So we'll store it. We'll use it as storage and charge for it. If we could buy it for nothing, we're going to take everything we can get. 
The only thing I like better than that is where they pay you to take the oil. But that's a short-term squeeze. You understand that. So it's I, I don't think you're going to see that. Uh, but, no, we'd like to have Congress uh, — this is a great time to buy oil. And we'd like to have Congress approve it so that we could, instead of just storing it for the big — usually the big companies. So we're going to get — either ask for permission to buy it or we'll store it. One way or the other, it will be full. So you got to imagine that uh, that these uh, tank farms across the nation are are uh, scrambling to increase their capacity so that they can they can get in on this boon of free oil. I haven't been um, by a gas station today, but uh, yesterday the price was down to a uh, dollar seventy here in Florida. And um, if these prices hold up, they're going to they're going to be giving this stuff away as hard as they can. Maybe. There will be a collective capacity for oil storage throughout this nation as people rush to the the tanks to uh, or the uh, stations to fill up their uh, their tanks at the house. So it looks like uh, well, I've got a little bit of time left. What stories do I want to cover? You saw on Tucker's show last night. He uh, he he followed up on the story that we broke on yesterday's show that uh, this this doctor out in Santa Clara, California, working for the Stanford University, had determined by uh, sample testing that this virus is far, far more widespread than the experts had been telling us, and that as a result of knowing this uh, much larger denominator, we know that the numerator, the number of uh, people that died from the coronavirus, is right in line with the seasonal flu and uh tyler bud my my buddy my bud tyler bud was trying to convince his sister of this uh, so we sent him a clip and uh and you got to believe that it is going to support the efforts of these governors in the south specifically in georgia tennessee and south carolina that are determined to reopen their economies and uh, and and stop the bleeding these same people that are saying um, you know, you got to listen to the experts. You got to listen to the experts when a, a study like this comes out. They want to turn a blind eye to that and call everybody that wants to get back to work fascist and Nazis and all sorts of other other names. They did another study in L.A. County and f- found out that the outbreak is 55 times more widespread. They've had, I think, about 500 deaths in, in L.A. County, which has got a population of about 11 million. And suddenly, all of a sudden, all of the flu deaths have disappeared. And the reason for that, of course, is because they're classifying everything, every respiratory death, as uh, as the Wuhan virus. No more flu. There's no more pneumonia. It's all COVID-19. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Look forward to talking to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. 
Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.